for all my landscaping friends out there. So landscapers, pesticides, roofers, snow plowers, not quite this time of year though. Um, if you do anything outside of someone's house or property, you need project quoting. It is such a powerful system. It's easy. Um, you can remotely let them uh, price out a property for themselves, and it just it makes the process smooth. It links directly to QuickBooks, and it does literally like hundreds of other things that I can't even get into in like a 15-second video. Check it out. 14-day free trial. There's no reason not to try. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Hamster Business Show. My name is Chris Pastrana and today we're here with Walter Wise of BPI Strategy Group. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So let's get into it. Let's learn a little bit about you and where it all started. Hi, I, uh, I spent 23 years in the military and retired in 1995. Worked for uh, three or four small businesses as a business development executive, vice president, senior vice president helping them sell their products and services to the government. And then um, I uh, was let go by a small company. They brought me in, but it was really too late to help them. Yeah. And so after six months, they just you know, went away. And so I was left trying to find a job, and I sent resume after resume. And I assumed I was too old, too ugly, or too <laughs> expensive to find a job. So I started my own business. I started called Wise Business Development, which was a company focused on helping companies sell to the government. And then and that was 2006. And in 2007, I started the BPI Strategy Group, which is more of a uh, marketing strategy business coaching company. And I folded the business development piece into that. So that's one of the services we offer along with marketing strategy, business coaching, is teaching companies, small businesses that aren't successful, teaching them how to be successful in the federal space. Yeah. Cool. I was going to say, because that's, that's a big area. Um, yeah. Because when you deal with traditional entrepreneurship, it's pretty easy because you're just dealing with the normal market. Mm -hmm. But then you you add the government into it, and that's a whole nother, you know, crazy yeah. ballpark. When, when you look at the federal space, uh, in the small business space, roughly 5% of the companies are doing 70 to 75% of the work. And about half the companies that try have absolutely nothing. And the reason is they don't understand it, they don't have a strategy, and they don't have a plan. I talked with a lady a couple of weeks ago. Uh, some company talked her into getting a GSA schedule, told her that was going to be the greatest thing for her since sliced bread. She paid $12,000 to get that schedule, which is mm. an awful lot of money to do that because you can do it yourself. Yeah. And then two years after she got it, she finds out she hasn't sold anything on it, so she's going to lose it, hmm. which is the rule. Yeah. You get a GSA schedule. In the first two years, you need to sell $25,000 worth of products or services, and then $25,000 a year after that. She didn't make the first threshold. So that 12000 bucks she paid for the schedule is out the window because she's going to lose it. Yeah. So what is a GSA schedule? It's a general services schedule. It's, it's, well, the, some agencies prefer to buy... Um, using that schedule, it's a pre-negotiated contract with the government, and you put your your products or services, your your labor rates or your costs in there. It's all all pre-negotiated, so an agency can go to you if they want to buy directly. 
they get three GSA bids and they can pick the one they want. And you know, there's IT, there's a lot of technology products are bought on the GSA schedule. <clears throat> there are um, furniture, office furniture, office equipment. Uh, there's one called Mobus, which is a business services contract. I don't, I don't know exactly how many schedules there are, but there, there are quite a few, and uh, they keep adding to it every day. And when you look at the numbers, I look at the IT schedule a lot because a lot of I came out of the IT world, so that's kind of where yeah. I, I try to stay sometimes in the in the, the government space. <clears throat> but um, about half the companies that have a GSA schedule do nothing. Just because, as I said earlier, they don't understand how to do it and what they need to do. Yeah. I mean, it's you've got to be out there talking to people. You you can't wait for your phone to ring. Yeah, you know, you you've got to get known. When you look at government, it takes probably twelve to twenty four months to get that first contract. The reason being, government buys from people they know and trust. So if you're the brand new kid on the block coming in, oh, hey, I got the greatest widget in the world. They don't know you from a bar of soap. Yeah. So they've got to get to know you, and they got to build up that knowledge and trust. Yeah. And, you know, the best way to do it is to become a subcontractor to somebody. But still, that's going to take a while, too, because if nobody knows you, you don't have any background, any past performance with them or the government, either one. Yeah. You know, it's it's really tough. Hmm. You know, and there's some tricks we can do. Um American Express Open did a study a couple of years ago with small businesses and found out it took on average 19 and a half months to get the first contract. Yeah. And then it cost, companies spent somewhere around two hundred and fifty to $275,000. And that's not just on consultants, but that's on internal money too. Because if you're writing proposals, like a lot of companies will go to the, the proposal site, FedBizOps, where all procurements over $25,000 have to be posted, they'll go find two or three of those and write a proposal and throw it over the fence. But if you do that, you got like a 10% chance to win. So they will waste time and money writing these proposals. Mm. And that kind of money's factored in, you know, you, you know, management time, travel time to go talk to people, yeah. you know, all that stuff. So it, it's expensive and it's not an easy, not an easy go. Uh, the training program we have will save you, we think, save you about a year off that time and probably a hundred, somewhere around $100,000 in, in costs because we, we get right down to it. We, we do a competitive analysis and we look at where your competitors are selling and, and who they're selling to, what they're selling for, what contract vehicles they use. Yeah. Because not all agencies prefer to contract the same way. As I mentioned earlier, there's a GSA schedule. Um, some agencies like to use that, but a lot of them are, are members of the don't in, not invented here. If they haven't written and invented that contract, they're not going to use it. So they mm. want to use their own vehicles. Mm. So, you know, you need to know that. So if you go into a to a uh, an agency and you're marking a GSA IT schedule, for instance, and they don't use it, you're barking up the wrong tree. Yeah, you know it's a waste of time. <laughs> so you know we look at all that and we help the the company pick the best uh, three agencies to go after. A lot of companies will come in and they'll go after everything. 
Yeah. You know, I see it all the time because in your in your federal registrations, you have to be registered on a thing called SAM.gov. So I look at it, and I was looking at a company the other day. He had been in business a year, and he had 52 different NAICS codes listed. NAICS codes being specialty codes of what they do. Okay. He had everything from cattle ranching to a beauty shop to an IT to environment. He had everything. Oh, wow. And he had five employees. <laughs> so, you know, he was he was not a credible credible company. Yeah. So we help them get around that. And we, we build that package of where they need to go. Then we teach them how to do it, how to sell, you know, the nuances of selling the government. Because it's different. When you sell in business to business, it's a lot different than selling to the government. Government is more listening and not selling. You're not, you're not there to buy your to, to sell your stuff, you're there to listen to, to what they need. And you take that and you translate that when you write a proposal. You need all that kind of information. Yeah. And then we come back at, at the end of the, and that's a, this is a one-month program. And then we come back at the end of that month and we give them a list of those three agencies we pick. We, we show them a list of opportunities that they can look at. Mm-hmm. We give them names and phone numbers to contact. And we then we go in and tell them, okay, this is how you do this kind of stuff. This is how you find this information. This is where it's at. This is how you find what your competitors are selling. We teach them all that, too, so they can go do it. And if they want continuing help, yeah, I'm there uh, you know, after the, the program's over to help them. And we usually come in and we'll build a uh, – we'll get their website right. We'll make their website government-friendly yeah. because there's certain things you need there. <laughs> um, we help them with what's called a capability statement which is the only document you need. I mean, if you walk in with, with flowery brochures, they're going to go into the circular file. Yeah. But you want that capability statement. That's the one page, and that's what you talk about. That's all you need. And then the next step from that, if you have another meeting, you do a, what's called a capability presentation, and, and we build that. It's like a 10-slide pitch. Okay, so I'm taking a capability statement. It's literally just a statement of what your company can yeah, do. Basically, what you do, yeah, it's your your core capabilities, past performance in the area that you're talking about, and then the things that differentiate you from from your competition. And those differentiators are not that you take care of your customers, or you partner with a customer, or you've been in business since 1431 BC. Mm-hmm. That's that's not a differentiator because anybody and everybody can say that. Yeah. What you're looking for is something that's unique to you and your company yeah. that sets you apart from everybody else. Yeah. It's some almost like a hard claim, like something you can yeah. actually prove. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's, it's got to be provable. Yeah. Like a lot of companies will come out. I've seen these small companies say, "Oh, we're the market leader or the global leader." Yeah. And their name is not IBM CSC or General Dynamics. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a hard claim to make when yeah. you don't have billions of dollars behind yeah. you. Yeah. Or you're 10 people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely true. Yeah. Oh, that's too funny. Um, so, yeah. I can always imagine, because you kind of mentioned it earlier, when you're dealing in the government space, it's a lot of who you know, mm-hmm. the kind it's of who you can driven. pull those contracts, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's relationship driven. Yeah. Um, and there's, there's not just one person you have to talk to. A lot of companies go right to what or to the person they call a contract officer. Mm-hmm. Well, the contract officer is your best friend once you win. But they don't control requirements. 
they don't really control the dollars. The people you need to see are the people over here who who, who have the need, who have a problem that they don't want, and, and you have the solution that they want but don't have. Yeah. So you've got to talk to them. You got to understand what they mean. Then you got to go in and you got to find out the project manager or the program manager because that's the person that has the money. So you really need to know how much money they got. You know, so <laughs> yeah. you you know got to know, you know, how to how to write that proposal and structure your pricing. Most companies do pricing and just grab a number out of the air. You know, you got to base it on something. Yeah. And then you need, you also need to talk to agency heads and people like that. And those are the easiest to get to because a lot of them are political and they'll talk to you. Yeah. But as you get you know further down, the PMs are really tough. Users, if you get lucky, you can get them fairly easily and they'll talk to you. And then the contract officers are supposed to talk to you, but a lot of times they're overworked and underloved and they just don't have time. Do they everywhere else in the government? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. So, I think we've, we've talked quite a bit about the government side of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, no, hold on. I'm going to take a quick break for the sponsors, and uh, everyone, hold it back. The New Hampshire Business Show is one of the largest and fastest growing podcasts in New Hampshire. There's no one else in the business uh, sector that does what I do and uh, and does it quite as often. With seven episodes a week, it's a fantastic way to get in front of clients and other businesses you want to do business with so if you would like to sponsor the new hampshire business show check it out in the sponsor section below under the sponsors link and uh, we'll get going a lot of people think sales is boring but once you get into it you realize just how much fun it can be and just like any game the more you practice and the more you're ready the more fun it is right um so Increase your chances of closing deals. Increase your chances of earning more money. Head in the description below. Find the link to Lamore Training for the Goldmine Sales Series. You get 25% off using the code NHBS25. Um, check it out. It's an amazing program, Like as I've said a few times before. Um, overcoming objections. Creating a value proposition. Really addressing what your clients are actually looking for. In, a, in the sales process um, and these are things that just benefit you in the long run to help you make more money so if that sounds good to you which it should as an entrepreneur check them out hold it back does it make any sense All right, cool. So let's get to the other side of it. We've talked government. I'm sure you talk government all the time. It seems to be your specialty. So let's get into the other side of it, uh, like the marketing and some of the other stuff you do for businesses. Okay, yeah. Um, In the marketing side, I find most small business owners that I talk to are really good at what they do. Mm -hmm. They really understand the product or service that they offer. But when it comes to some of the other things that they do, like marketing or financial management or HR, hiring, firing, they're not so good at it. So what I try to do is come in from a a marketing standpoint and help them with their marketing, uh, from a business coach, help them with the business side of things to get things moving. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, give them a plan and a strategy and, and some things to do. What I find is a lot of small business owners, they're inundated with marketing guys. 
They're always bugging them about something, you know, especially chiropractors and dentists seem to be two big <laughs> ones that get nailed with marketing stuff. And, and they all get hit with, with some bright and shiny object, the latest bright and shiny marketing tool or technique or whatever. Those don't always work. I find if you, when I go into a company, one of the things I'll do is we'll sit down and talk to them and say, okay, what's working now? Or what has worked for you in the past? How have, you know, what, is, what has helped you bring people in the door or generate leads? Yeah. And they'll tell me, and I'll say, well, why, why, did, why did you stop doing it? And they don't know. They just did. They saw some bright and shiny object they wanted to go try. Yeah. Some new tool or new approach or new something. There's always new stuff out there. And they just ignore that thing that worked in the past. So what I do is I like to come in there and and refine that thing that worked mm-hmm. and get it working again so they start generating more revenue. And then we can go fix some of the other problems that that they have in the marketing space. The majority of them go use what I call tactical marketing, and they do that right away. They'll send a few emails, or they'll put some uh, uh, flyers out, or you know, Valpac ads, or thing, or ads in the newspaper, even Yellow Pages. People are still putting uh, ads in the Yellow Pages. But when was the last time you picked up a Yellow Page to look up a phone number? I don't know, decades. Yeah, decades. <laughs> I tell them if they're still doing Yellow Pages, I said. That might work if your target market is 73 years old or older. Yeah. If it's not, forget it. But they still do that. So what, what I do is I, I help them focus on the strategy, the, the strategy aspect of marketing first. Define who it is they really want to target. Who is their market? Mm-hmm. You know, age, uh, is it moms with uh, families with two or three kids? Is it single moms? Is it... Is it older, you know, 55 and older? You know, what, what is that target? Who are you going after? Um, CEOs of companies or whatever, whatever it is you're going after. We, we define that and, and look at that. And then we define what the ideal client is going to look like. What's the problem they have that they don't want? And what's the solution they want and they don't have? So, and that's where you go. You, you work from that and you you move your marketing and, and everything around that and then you have to figure out where they hang out where they are online because today online is king yeah you know if you're not online somewhere you know you're losing the ball your phone's not ringing um social media is great uh facebook pages groups are, are really good. At least a Facebook page for a business is, is almost required. Same with LinkedIn. If you're a professional services company, you need a presence on LinkedIn, and it needs to look professional. Um, but you need to go where your market is and and have that message, have a message targeted to them. So if, if you look, if, if you're familiar with Google, if you need a plumber, you look for emergency plumber Merrimack, New Hampshire, and there's going to be some ad. A couple, two or three plumbers will show up that are running ads, and then there's going to be what's called the Google Three box. Yeah, a little map with three plumbers there. If you're not in that three box, and and even if you're not even on the on the first page, 
and you don't have a number of reviews there, mm -hmm. four and five star reviews. So you're in a three box and the first guy has no reviews. The second guy has 15 four and five star reviews. And you're down there, you're number three, and you have five reviews. Who do you think is going to get the call? The one who's got a lot yeah, of reviews. Got a reviews. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, and, and companies have a hard time understanding that. But they've got to get those reviews, and they've got to show up on Google. They've got to show up on Facebook. Yeah. Because that's what makes the phone ring. There was a study that came out not long ago that was looking at millennials from ages, uh, I think it was 25 to 37. I don't know if that's the millennial age group or not, but this is what they were looking at. Mm -hmm. Ages 25 to 37, 98% of them use Google to find a product or service. Yeah. And they will believe the Google review before they believe anything else. Hmm. Which is, that's an interesting stat. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense because yeah. I'm 30 and mm -hmm. I'm the same You're way. Group, if I need yeah. something, I, I pop on Google and take a look at it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's probably the first place. Yeah. And a lot of people trust Google reviews more than they trust a referral from a friend or a family member, yeah, which is yeah. interesting. Yeah. So you you have to be there, and companies aren't aren't understanding that. Yeah. You know, you, you you've got to have your online information. The other thing I see is a lot of companies have their information scattered, and it's not correct. Um, even uh, in my company. Uh, I found out that I was using BPI Strategy, BPI Strategy Group, and the BPI Strategy Group. So when I did a search, I would come up at you know three or four different places with a slightly different name. Yeah. So that didn't help at all. Yeah. And you know, a couple of them even had me in my old address in Nashua before <laughs> I moved to Merrimack. I don't know why it was there, but I hadn't been in, in Nashua for 15 years. Yeah. So I had to go in and I have a service and I sell the, the service that goes in and fixes all of that for you. There's like 300 and some odd different places on the internet hmm. that has information about you and your business. Oh, that's pretty 308, cool. I think it is. Yeah. And you know, there's no way you're gonna sit there and go find everyone. <laughs> that would be hard, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there, there are four places that are aggregators, kind of like um, uh, you know, tax filers or, or um, Credit report companies. Look at credit, uh, three major credit reports. Yeah. There's these four major sites that have the information about you, and then they spider it out. So that's the one place we go is to, to correct information is go into those and correct them. And then we have a list of 60 others that uh, are the most popular places with information about a company. Yeah. And we fix that. And then about it takes about a year, and it'll all filter through. Wow. That's actually really good advice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. everyone's always talking about holistic medicine, but yeah. they don't look at holistic marketing, I guess, if you want to call it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Like, you need these things to mm -hmm. be fluent in the market. Like you said, reviews on Google are huge for your SEO. Exactly. And then, but at the same time, um, going over to Facebook and your reviews over there are important too. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of there's a lot going on. Mm -hmm. That's you know it's pretty interesting. Yeah, there's a, a service that we have that we can take Google reviews and Facebook reviews and sh make sure they show up in both places. That's pretty good. Uh, you know that that's kind of neat. Um, that would be super helpful. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you know, and you know it's hard to say which one's better. 
-hmm. If, you know, it it just depends on where your target is. If your target market's hanging out on Facebook, you want to make sure those those viewers are on Facebook. Yeah. You know, I I know a lot of dentists and a lot of chiropractors. That's kind of where they need to be marketing is is really looking at Facebook because that's where people are going to look. One place they're going to look. But they also need to be on Google. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, personally, from what I've seen, like, I'll go to Google, find a place, and if, if it sounds okay, I'll check out their Facebook page. Yeah. And then if it if it's engaging and decent, I'll give them a try. Mm-hmm. It right. has the same has the same information. Yeah. A lot of times you'll find Facebook has one set of set of information, and <laughs> Google will have another. Yeah. You know? Or like on one, they, it sounds great, and you go to the other one, and I'm like, well, these guys have nothing like yeah. there's nothing there yeah like well, they have a phone number yeah two different phone numbers yeah two and different it, addresses yeah and get confusing and yeah. then you're like okay i guess i'm not using that company yeah, exactly. someone else you know mm-hmm. yeah hmm. mm-hmm. that's pretty good so what do you think most businesses are missing out on like what's the one thing they're doing wrong typically when it comes to this i think the one thing that they're doing wrong is they're 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 going tactical before they, they don't have a plan or a strategy when they when they market, especially in marketing, they just don't have a plan or a strategy, and and they're just shotgunning things out there, and that's the same in the federal space and the B two B space. They're just shotgunning things, doing things, you know, the the bright and shiny object I mentioned before. They see this thing, so they go off and do it, and they don't know why. And then all of a sudden, they they lose interest, and there's another one over here, and they go get that one and go do that, but they never come back to the core to that thing that worked for them last year or two years ago yeah, and gone back to that and try to reinstitute that and, and to bring that back because that did work and it will probably work today with some tweaking. The yeah. same thing probably won't work, but tweak it a little bit and it, it probably will, or at least yeah. it'll get you going in the right direction yeah. so you can go do other things to, you know, to enhance it. Very right, cool. Mm-hmm. So before we head out, is there anything else, like other, other big tips you wanted to pass on? Up to well, people? basically, um, as I said earlier, you know, you got to have a strategy. Mm-hmm. Online is king, and you need to go strategic before you go tactical. You need to understand that, that target market. Yeah. And then before you just start sending stuff yeah. out. Yeah, and I think... Right, understanding your actual target market mm-hmm. is huge. Mm-hmm. And I had I had one guest tell me that she disagree with me on this one, but you know, um, you you're I, I get asked every once in a while, or I ask people like, "Which target market?" And like everybody, no, <laughs> like, yeah, that's not mm-hmm. that's not quite how it works. Um, yes, in her particular case, yes, mm-hmm. everyone sleeps, but there's a particular type of person that wants to buy your sleep product, mm-hmm. and um, you know. Yes, so you really got to know who is actually going to buy your product, mm-hmm. you know, because your pillow is different than another pillow. So who would buy the organic one over the normal one? So, yeah, this is my little thing. Look at, <laughs> look at Dennis. Yeah. Who normally makes the decision? It's not the husband. Mm-hmm. It's normally the mom or the wife because they're interested in their children. So yeah. that's... That's your target market for a dentist, mm-hmm. or in some dentists anyway. Yeah. You know, bring you want to target the mom or the wife because they're the ones that are concerned about their children's health, their children's teeth. Mm-hmm. You know, same idea. Yeah, yeah. It's just 
being very aware of what's actually mm-hmm. what's actually driving these factors and um, realizing there's a lot to it. I think if, if you even go into Facebook and play around on the back end and the edit manager, there's a lot of categories in there that you're like, oh, I never even thought about that. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I was dealing with a car dealership the other day, and we put out one that, uh, well, we were just looking at everything, and like, he was, because they were just trying to buy cars. So I'm like, oh, so, you know, you can funnel it by, they bought cars 48 months ago, at least 48 months ago, you know, so you know they have a bunch of equity in the vehicle. So there's a whole lot going on in the backside that you didn't even think about mm-hmm. when you're putting your target market together. But you need to know those mm-hmm. things, too. And, and a lot of yeah. companies never follow up. Yeah. Yeah. Look at look at car dealers. Look at used car dealers. Ten people walk in the lot today. Do they get name, phone number, email address to no, follow up? Probably not, no. Most of the time they don't. You know, most of the sales guys are lazy. They may make one or two calls. It's going to take more than that. Studies have shown 80% of sales are made after the fifth call. Yeah. Most sales guys make two calls. It's hmm. good advice. <laughs> you you got to follow up and you got to keep after it. Yeah. That's what I keep telling you guys all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so awesome. So people that want to reach out, learn more, get in touch with you, how do they do it? Okay, uh, Walter Wise at the BPI Strategy Group. We're in the Merrimack on Greeley Street. My phone number is uh, 603-262-1489. And my email address is WPWISE, that's W-P-W-I-S-E, at BPIStrategy.com. Cool, awesome. Thank you so much for joining me today. This has been a lot of fun, and uh, I'm glad to finally get to sit down and chat. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you guys so much for watching. Uh, We're going to roll out with the last word from our sponsors, and everyone have a great day. If you need a new website, um, check out the description below. Find the sponsor link for Zim Ventures, and ask Rob how he can help you out because he does a fantastic job, and it might be just exactly what you need. That's it for today, everyone, but it doesn't have to end there. Head over to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or iHeartRadio to get more from New Hampshire's top entrepreneurs.